Hey there, welcome to the Marketers Take Flight podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Divin, founder of Marketers Take Flight and the creator of the Proposal Pro course. I am obsessed with helping AEC marketers just like you put order back into the proposal process, create winning strategies, and build the confidence and courage to advance your career. Each week, I will be sharing tangible and tactical advice and inspiring interviews to fly through the proposal turbulence and have your career take off. So let's dive right in. Hey there, friend. Welcome back to another episode of the Marketers Take Flight podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Divin. And today I want to ask you, what does raising your 13-year-old daughter teach you about your influence in your workplace and how your leadership style progresses? I didn't know either until I had this conversation today with my guest, Scott Waldron. We talked all about this concept of your personal brand, your reputation, and how we interact and communicate internally. So whether that's at home or within our firms, how that really affects our ability to lead. So whether we are raising a strong-willed daughter or we're trying to lead a team of seller doers to get that proposal done and out the door. So this is part educational, this conversation, but it's also part counseling session for me. I get a little vulnerable, but I hope it helps you relate to how you can be more intentional with your personal brand and that self-awareness of that intentionality will help build your influence and leave a positive legacy 10 years from now. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Scott Waldron. Okay, on today's show, I have Scott Waldron, internal communication strategist with Giant. He's also going to be one of the keynote speakers at this year's SMPS Southeastern Regional Conference. So I'm so very lucky to have him on the show today. Welcome to the show, Scott. Well, thank you very much. It's awesome being here. Before we get into today's topic, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about you know, who you are, a little bit about your career path and how you work with firms today. My journey, I started as a graphic designer and uh, I went to a design school here in Atlanta. And after, well, right at graduation, moved up to Chicago, worked seven years in a design firm up there and did a lot of work for various clients all over the nation, some international, but mostly here in the States, Sesame Workshop, Chase Bank, Coca-Cola Company, Georgia Tech, and Manpower. I don't know, just various industries here, Perkins and Will down here in Atlanta in the architectural space there. And so just, I don't know, just did that for a number of years. Uh, My wife and I decided it was too cold, too flat, and there was no beach close by, unless you consider the lake the beach, but I don't. So all you lake people up in Chicago, you don't, that's not a beach. So we uh, we decided to move back to Atlanta, be with our family uh, here and raise our kids. And I opened up the Atlanta office for our firm. So I've been running that for 12 years now. So I'm still technically the managing partner of multiple here in Atlanta. So I, I still mm-hmm. do some of that work. It's probably, it's not as much of the work I'm doing now, which is more coaching on I would say leadership brands and team brands and internal brands inside of companies, right? So as opposed to developing messaging and communication strategies for external marketing purposes and external clients, 
Now I'm focused on developing communication programs for internal clients, which are your employees and the people that you work with. Oh, interesting. Okay. That is interesting. And we're going to dig into that a little bit more. So I can't wait. So when you talk about internal branding or internal communications, a lot of times, you know, a buzzword that I hear often is personal brand. And so what do you mean or what do we mean when we hear that? Or what does that mean to you when you hear that term personal brand? Yeah. In our industry, I'd say the creative industry, it gets thrown around a lot. And mm-hmm. I and I would throw the word around a lot too. It's like, oh man, check out that brand or oh, I've got that this new brand of shoes or whatever, right? We kind of replace the company name with the word brand at times. And mm-hmm. and when you really get down to it, when you really get brand nerdy about it, a brand is simply your reputation. It's simply what people say about you when you're not around. Mm-hmm. And so that is, you know, a company's brand is, you know, what I'm saying about you when I'm not in your store or talking to you if you're one of the leaders of that company. It's what am I telling my friends about you when I go home at night? Am I telling my friends how awesome this new pair of shoes are or that book I read or this restaurant I went to? Like those are all aspects of your brand as far as a business is concerned. Now, mm-hmm. leaders have brands, employees have brands, and you know, people, we just, we have a brand, right? That's running mm-hmm. around, following us around everywhere we go. And every moment that we interact with anyone in any way, shape or form is shaping that brand in the mind of that person. We're making little micro deposits or withdrawals from our brand account every time we interact in some way, shape or form with a person. And so what are people saying about us at the barbecue? you know, that (laughs) next weekend or when they go home and talk to their spouse or like that is what we're talking about is that reputation that we embody. How is that being reflected out in the world? Mm -hmm. And more importantly, maybe like who we interact with at work, right? Internally and with clients. I love your description of a personal brand being your reputation, how people talk about you. And how does understanding this or being aware of your own personal brand, how does that affect how we interact with and communicate internally within our firms? And then maybe again, externally with with our clients or teaming partners. It has a lot to do with, a lot of us are very accidental in Mm -hmm. our Mm -hmm. leadership style or just the way we communicate, period. So even if we're not leaders, right? Just we are very accidental. We just kind of go through life and we just say what we say and we act how we act because that's who we are and that's who we've been shaped to be. And we don't really think about it too much. We're not very intentional. And that can cause a lot of gossip, silos, disgruntled people walking around, bitterness, backbiting, can, you know, just a lot of dissatisfaction happening. And even to the lesser extreme, it's just not building influence. It's just, yeah, right. they're fine. They're fine, but they're not, me- you're not memorable. Now, not memorable. How, yeah. how cool would it be if, you know, here, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this at you, Lindsay. Okay. And I'm going to ask you on the spot here. You ready? Oh no. Oh no. Oh yes. Okay. Here it goes. You ready? So 
Is there one person you can think of that has had a huge impact in your life that had a lot of influence with you, whether it was, you know, from childhood, it could be a parent, a friend, a teacher, coach, mentor, boss, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have that person? Yes. Do you want me to say who it is or just? Oh, yeah, go life? for it. Yeah, let's pay. Let's pay him. Well, I mean, obviously, here. my mom, my mom was a single mom who raised me and she was always a hard worker. So that was the first thing that would come. It sounds so cliche, but it's true. I mean, it was just me and her for a long time. And then I had some very strong aunts that were kind of like surrogate moms because I spent Mm -hmm. a lot of time with them. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. And what's powerful about that is that we as parents have brands, right? And we can either build influence with our children or not. And Mm -hmm. we see a lot of examples where parents have destroyed their influence by the way they have communicated or responded to their children, or they have you know, expanded their influence with their children by the way they communicate or respond and how they treat them. And it's in every aspect of our lives. If we are not intentional, then we will be accidental. And accidental mm-hmm. behavior leads to reactive behavior and reactive behavior is destructive at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. so we really need to think about that. So when you're thinking about those individuals, your mom, your aunts, like I said, it could be coaches, mentors, teachers, mm-hmm. friends, whoever in your life. How cool would it be if in you know 10 years from now of, of working with somebody, they're off at another job somewhere and they say, you know what? Lindsay was awesome. Lindsay helped do this for me. She, I'll never forget her. She created a huge impact in my life. She taught me this principle or that principle. Like that legacy that you're leaving, that impact that you're having on someone for the long term is why we're here, right? Yeah. We're here to not just live by ourselves in our bubble and not impact anyone ever. We are here to impact somebody in some way, shape, or form, and that's hopefully for the the better and not for the worse. So mm-hmm. that that that's what we're looking for. That brand reputation, I'm going to call it a brand reputation, in the future when somebody can look back and say, Lindsay's awesome. If y'all don't know Lindsay, you need to because she's amazing, right? So that's what we're looking at. Wow. I just want to pause there because that just is like, that that is really what we want. And I will say when you go back and you said that as parents, I have a teenage daughter who just turned 13. And I'm really learning to be intentionally, I'm learning a whole new way to communicate. I don't know if you have killed, but she is 13 in one month. So yeah. I'm I'm almost there. It's totally real. I get it. And being intentional of when to communicate and when not to communicate and just to pull back and just let them be. I'm learning that. Yes. Yes. That's it requires quite a bit. It's it's like, whoa, wait a second. This just like five minutes ago, you were this way. Now you're this way. So yes. But think about it. Isn't that how things can be as we learn to navigate people at work or mm-hmm. clients or bosses or whatever? Like we don't know everything that's going on in their minds all the time. Now, let me take this back and say, it's really easy to look at other people and go, I don't know how to navigate this person. This person's this way one way and this way another way. And I don't know what's going on with them. And But how often do we reflect on our own selves and think, Mm. 
how sporadic am I acting? How accidental am I in my behavior right now? And how are others perceiving me? Do we think about that? Do we care about it? Some of us care about it a whole lot, probably too much. Others don't care at all and don't think about it at all. So mm. it's all over mm-hmm. the board there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I just think that there's, there's a lot of room for improvement, I think, in the, the self-awareness arena when it comes to who we are and who we want to be. Yeah, absolutely. Again, going back to parenting. Now I've managed teams and I've managed, you know, all different size of teams and different ages of teams. So I feel like I have a lot of experience with communicating with different people and different personality types, but none of that prepared me for a teenage daughter. So I feel like I should have had the teenage daughter first and then, the, you know. And, anyway, and so. that would have prepared you for leading your teams? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's that's fair. So I've learned a lot about myself with trying to interact with her is what I'm saying. Oh, with yes. The self-awareness of, okay, when to stop talking, you know, or when this person is just venting to me, I don't need to solve their problem. Like they're not coming, you know, because a lot of times she's just mad or pouting with me and I can't dig any further and she doesn't want me to solve her problem. So exactly. That kind of stuff. Well, Lindsay, yeah. let me, let me ask you this. So if you've learned that principle with your daughter, how do you think that could have helped you in your professional career? Yeah, I think I would probably would have been a way better listener and just been there to listen and empathize mm-hmm. instead of going into, you know, as managers, a lot of times, or whether we have the title or not, if we're in, you know, if people are coming to us for whatever reason, we're like a problem solver usually. So that's the first instinct. And I have stopped kind of going there first, you know, that, eventually we get there, but, you know, really listening first. That is so crucial. And you're right. There's a lot of us that are immediate problem solvers, or there's a tool I teach called communication code. And some of us have default communication codes, meaning when somebody comes to us, we default to something, whether it's clarity, seeking clarity. So we ask questions. Some of us are immediate celebrators. Some of us give us space for caring where we just kind of sit there and listen and have compassion and empathy and sympathy and understanding. Others of us are critiquers. So as soon as we hear an idea, we immediately critique that idea and refine it. And that's yeah. that's our go-to, right? So this problem solver communication code of is usually the critique one mm-hmm. where people come straight to us and we think they want us to solve their problem because that's what we're here for is to solve problems. And that's not what they need at that moment. Now, where the communication code is powerful and shaping our brand and perception and how people perceive us and whatnot, because what's happening on the negative side is this person's not listening to me. All they want to do is solve my problem. Either they don't have time for me. They're trying to get me out of their door because they just want to solve my problem and move on, right? They don't want to, they don't Mm -hmm. have time for all this talking or they want to seem smart. So they, they're acting like they have all the solutions and all the things. So they want to seem smart. And so those perceptions can hurt our personal brand as we're, as we're Mm -hmm. trying to develop who we are. But if we can develop more intentionality in our communication style, so it's the age old advice of saying, hold on a second. Are you looking for critique or a place to care right now? Like Mm -hmm. just that language can empower you 
and help them so much where you're saying, hold on, hold on. Are you looking for me to critique this? Are you looking for celebration? Are you looking for just care? Do you want me to just hang and not say anything right now? And then that clarity will build a ton of influence with you and that other person over time. I love it. I feel like you just gave me like a personal counseling session. <laughs> well, that, I told my wife, I said, you know, I kind of consider myself a corporate communication therapist. And she goes, be careful with that term. You are not licensed as a therapist. And I said, yes. okay, I know. I get it. I get it. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I love this. So you, I, I think you answer my next question. I think you kind of answered it through like counseling me a little bit, but how does our personal brand and self-awareness of our personal brand really help or hurt our careers and our ability to lead? I think you were kind of also calling it like influence, it, specifically in the workplace, I guess, or our legacy that we want to leave. Okay. Have you ever had a boss that you were forced to follow that you had to follow? Yes. Okay. Well, I guess we've all had. Because Maybe not like a, a direct line boss, yeah. but somebody I had to work with. Like yeah. I was in another department, but I had to like work with him on proposals. Okay. Versus somebody that you get to follow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Is the boss or the leader or the team member that has built influence with me that knows themselves well enough to lead themselves well? will have influence with me all day. Like I will choose to follow them. I will get in the trenches with them. I will sacrifice for them. I will, you know, put myself out. On the other hand, if I have somebody that I have to follow, that I'm just kind of, it's just my job. I'm just here because, you know, I got to collect the paycheck and I'm not really satisfied or happy, but you know, I've got insurance here and all these other things. If I am forced to follow that person, I'm not going to dive into the trenches with that person. I'm going to clock out and I'm going to be gone, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, and I'm mm -hmm. not going to go the extra mile and I'm not going to put the extra passion in. And when you, when you commit some kind of mistake or something, there's not going to be that much forgiveness either on that side. Right. So mm. that's what it is. When we build strong personal brands, we create brand loyalty. And we mm -hmm. hear that word a lot too, brand mm -hmm. loyalty. That's what everybody wants. Every company wants it. Every spouse wants it. Like we want brand loyalty. I tell my wife, I fell in love with her brand and she fell in love with mine and she thinks it's totally unsexy, but it's true. We did. And we became loyal to each other because here's what happens. Even if we mess up sometimes, there's forgiveness, right? Because yeah. we're loyal to each other. There could be a pizza restaurant and there's like four pizza restaurants up the street. Mm -hmm. And I'm loyal to the one because I like the way they make my pizza. I like the way I feel when I go in the, the, the shop. I like the way that there's the music is playing. I like the, the feel of the, the joint when I'm in there, right? So all of these things add to my brand experience and the reputation of that pizza restaurant in my eyes. So when I go in there and they mess up my pizza or something happens, it's taking a long time. I huff and puff a little bit, but I'm like, okay, I love you guys. You treat me well. I'm going to stick with you for a while. Mm -hmm. Like, it's mm -hmm. cool. Now, if they mess up too much, I'm going to be gone at some point. Yeah. Okay. But a blip. Yeah. Like, yeah. But that's what it takes is this idea of how do we create loyalty over time? And that's a journey. Loyalty doesn't happen on the first date. You know, loyalty happens after several dates, after being consistent, after creating alignment and consistency and becoming authentic 
and building trust and then loyalty happens. And that's what mm-hmm. building a personal brand is all about. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. So like I said, at the top of our interview, when we started the interview, you're going to be delivering a keynote address at the SMPS Southeastern Regional Conference here in a couple of weeks in Wilmington, North Carolina. Can you tell us a little bit more about that keynote speech that you're going to give? Yes. It's not (laughs) your, I would say it's not your typical keynote course being who I am. I'm always trying to break the mold, right? I'm always, I I don't want to, I don't want to do things like everybody else does them. So my keynote is quite interactive. I'm not going to get you to stand up and do like yoga in there, but we're going to run through three specific exercises to help you intentionally understand your brand and also do something to shape it just a tiny okay. bit, right? Like I said, it's those micro moments that create lasting impact. It's not usually the big monumental things. It's little micro moments right. over time. So yeah. if I can come in and number one, we're going to help you understand a little bit of your brand. We're going to help you understand what people think about you. We're going to understand what people believe your strengths are. And we're also going to do a little something that's going to help you build some influence and get a little bit of a deposit into your brand account Ooh, with uh, somebody in that in that space. So it's fun. It's interactive. And uh, I am looking forward to having everybody take part in that. I like to see reactions when we do this because I get some eye rolls, but then people do them anyway. And they're like, okay, that was cool. You know? Yeah. So, it's, yeah. it's really good. It's, it's fun. I love it. I can't wait. I'll be there. I'll be in the audience. So nice. No eye rolls, yeah. Lindsay. No, eye maybe, roll. maybe, but I'll be listening. So okay. and I'll participate. Yeah. So <laughs> fair enough. Okay. So now I'm going to wrap up before we go today, I'm going to ask you my rapid fire questions that I ask all my guests. Are you ready? Oh, I am so ready. Lindsay. Okay. They're ready. Question number one, what is your number one piece of advice for marketers who are new to the AEC industry? Oh, this is an easy one. Understand who you are, love who you are, and lead yourself intentionally. And this is for everybody, not typically the AEC, not just the AEC industry, but knowing yourself, loving yourself, and leading yourself well will do more for you in your career than learning a tool, learning a trick, learning some kind of trade, right? That Those are some things that will develop over time and those may shift over time, but ultimately mm-hmm. knowing, loving, and leading yourself is going to be huge. Love it. I don't think anybody's answered that yet That with that answer. So I love it. Question number two, what has been your favorite or most memorable win? Oh, okay. Recently, I just finished a coaching a group of four leaders. They went through, typically my programs are 12 months. I'm continuing on some other things with them, but I had one woman in that group. And when we started all this, she was very, very protective of her space and what she would Mm -hmm. say to me and what we did together. And she was asking me questions. She was very inquisitive. She got, she gave me eye rolls on our one-on-one coaching sessions all the time. and was like, Scott, okay, you always make me do hard things and I'll do it. But, you know, and it was always kind of dragging her feet and dragging her along. We just finished and she said, Scott, you'd be so proud of me. I did this and I did this and I did this. And I was like, 
I'm so, you're right. I am proud of you. And she's like, I'm your biggest champion. I tell everybody in this office about what you're doing and how you're helping. And I was just like, just the 180 that she experienced was transformative, not only for her, I'm glad it helped her, but on the selfish side, it was so cool for me to experience that. Like, that's why I'm doing, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing, right? Over time, not overnight. And it's, it's so cool. Yeah. Okay. Last rapid fire question. What are you excited about? Okay. I'm going to make this more rapid fire than my other answers have been because they've not been very rapid fire. That's okay. My, my podcast is actually going to become an official podcast in April. Um, I have been recording my show Unlocked for two plus years. I got about 120 different shows, all types of people on that show where we talk about unlocking the potential of people. And it's been strictly on YouTube and my website and I push it out via social, but I've just always been so hesitant to get it on a platform. Why? Because I'm an internal perfectionist and I always (laughs) want to make sure I was doing all these things perfect. And I just hesitated, hesitated. This is one of the things that I became self-aware of over time and it has not served me well. And so in Mm -hmm. this case, I'm just, I'm launching it. I've got a goal and I'm going to do it. And that's happening in April. So stay tuned for that. And what's the name of it? It's called Unlocked. Unlocked. Okay. So everybody, and I'll, I'll put a link to your website in our show notes, but that way they can, they can find it when this airs. So, and then just the last question for you today, if people want to learn more about you or get in touch with you or learn more about your services, where can they get in contact with you? Go to scottwaldron.com. That's S-K-O-T-W-A-L-D-R-O-N.com. No, my name's not Scandinavian. I changed it in sixth grade because I was tired of putting my last name on all my papers. So Scott Woodruff and Scott Wilson were in my class every year. I decided I'm done with this and I just spelled it S-K-O-T. And I never had to put my last name on anything ever again. So it was great. So scottwaldron.com, find me on LinkedIn. But yeah, that's the best way to connect with me. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on the show today. It's been, it was a real pleasure and I'm glad I got some personal counseling. So thank you. You got it, Lindsay. Thanks. Okay. So there you have it. I hope you loved this conversation with Scott as much as I have. And I hope you don't mind me getting a little vulnerable about my experience with my daughter. And hopefully you can relate to some of your own experiences, whether you have kids or not. And If you are going to the SMPS Southeastern Regional Conference, definitely make sure that you attend his keynote session, Unlocking Your Personal Brand Through Eight Minutes of Intentionality. He described a little bit of it, and it doesn't sound like your typical keynote. So I am very excited for that. All right, my sweet friend. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can get all of the show notes over at marketerstakeflight.com forward slash 105 where I will link up all of Scott's contact information. And I will see you same time, same place next week for my next episode. Until next time, bye for now.